We're here starting your day right with Marketing Espresso, your marketing caffeine hit of the day. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Marketing Espresso. I am so grateful that you are here. I'm aware there are so many podcasts that you could be listening to, so I really appreciate you tuning into this one. If you haven't already, leave me a review, hit subscribe, like, you know, reach out to me and say hi. I want to know my listeners. I love it when you guys do reach out to me and you're like, hey, you joined me in the car or hey, you know, you kept me company drinking my coffee this morning at a cafe or wherever the hell you've put, like you're listening to this, whether it's on a walk, run. I don't know. Would you run listening to this? Does it fire you up? Does it make you want to do a really quick 5K? <laughs> Uh, I just hope that you're enjoying listening to it and you are able to get some real nuggets out of it. I think this episode, you definitely will. Uh, I'm pretty excited for this guest again. It is her third time on the show. As you know, I love to bring back my guests multiple times. Um, I just, I'm a huge believer in creating community in the, the creative marketing space. And I'm a huge believer in collaborating with other experts in this space to bring you guys the best tips for your business. So today I'm bringing back Debbie O'Connor. Now, if you haven't listened to the past two episodes with Debbie, I highly recommend giving them a listen. You can find them, just scroll. <laughs> you can find them um, and listen to them. They're all about obviously branding because Debbie is a brand specialist by profession and a graphic designer by trade. She is the author of a children's book and an active entrepreneur. She is the founder of multi-award winning creative studio White River Design and the highly acclaimed brand personality system. She recently launched Brand Magic, a platform to educate creatives in brand archetypes and empower them to create better businesses. She is the branding expert on Build My Brand 12-part series and the creator of online program Brand Magic Masterclass. Debbie also set up and runs the Creative Fringe, Western Sydney's most inspiring co-working space. Debbie gets a kick out of empowering her clients through their branding and watching them grow their businesses. She is a charismatic leader who inspires the best in others. This has been evident in the creation of her co-working space, The Creative Fringe. The connections and relationships that Debbie is able to build are strong and long-lasting. Debbie's biggest bugbear is the word can't and lives by her can-do attitude. And I am so grateful that I got to meet Debbie very early on in my entrepreneur's life. I remember we had like a quick one and a half hour catch up. Debbie and I always do this. We talk for hours. And before today's episode, I can guarantee you we talked for hours. And she was just so knowledgeable and had so much advice to give me about business and life and and all of the things. And, and I just loved absorbing all of that information from Debbie. It turned out we'd actually met in a previous role that I'd been in. And I just wish I'd kept in contact with her this whole time. But I was so grateful to be able to reconnect with her and really call her a friend now. She not only does all this amazing stuff with her businesses and brand personalities and brand magic, she also does so much for our community. Um, and I highly recommend checking her out. All her details are in the show notes just to see how much Debbie gives back to the community because she is a true force and just a wonderful human. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And as I said, if you haven't checked out the last ones, be sure to go back and have a listen. Debbie, you're back again. Third episode. I know. How exciting is this? I love it. You are our branding queen. So it's feels very important that you come on to talk all things branding with us. Oh, thanks. So today we're going to chat one that I'm pretty passionate about too here because this is just so important, I think. And the little 
nugget of tips that we're going to deliver today is branding more than just a logo. So I'll let you take it away. Oh my God. If there was the biggest myth ever about branding, it would be this. It would be the fact that people think that their logo is their brand. And so when they start up their business, they go out, they get themselves a logo and then they slap it on everything. And they think that that is branding. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not branding. That's just getting your logo and putting it on things. It's just placement. So I always like to say to people that apples don't sell computers. Yes. The apple tells you where to buy it and who owns it. And that's all it does. It's actually the brand behind Apple as a company that makes people want to buy it. It's the fact that they are innovative. They're beautifully designed, forward thinking. So what happens is people look at Apple and go, that is a really cool product. If I buy it, I'm going to look like I'm innovative, I'm progressive, Mm. I'm forward thinking, and I'm cool, right? This is a great example. I'm going to jump in here because this example is personally, I love it because so I, I have an Apple phone, which these days I think that's actually taboo. I don't know. But my sister has a Samsung. Yeah. And we are forever fighting about the Apple versus that. Like, literally, I've put a boundary. I'm like, let's, can we just not talk about this? I'm with Apple because it's just easy. Okay. Like, for me, for me personally, it's not a status thing. It's just Apple was the first smartphone I ever got. So it's like, it's just been ease of, I'll just get another one. But my sister, who's like pretty tech savvy and all of that great stuff, she's like, nah, Apple's a, you know, shit. I've got a Samsung. So for her, there's a big, like, a big thing about having a Samsung versus an Apple. So I think this is an awesome example, but I'll let you get back to yeah. it. Yeah, it, and it's a very interesting example because when you talk to Apple users, they are passionate about Apple. Like I, I'm an Apple user and I have been since my, the, my very, very first computer. So as a designer, really, it oh, yeah. was the only computer that you could buy that yeah. had different fonts on it and I could do different things on it, right? So I've had an Apple for a very long time. Yeah, um, you would have had the old um Oh, the big box. Yeah, the one that was colorful. Remember yeah, when they brought oh, out like yeah, the- that was like but that was that was like second or third Apple. Now I'm talking about the big <laughs> and I had this huge tower thing and it was heavy. Like you couldn't yeah. lose this damn thing. Oh, around. you wouldn't want to have an Apple monitor fall on you. Oh, you would die. No way, no way. <laughs> but the thing is, I I have never ever used anything else. And so my whole my whole office is Apple. All my computers, laptops, phones. And when it and the interesting thing is that when it comes to my kids and they want a phone, they don't want a Samsung. They want an Apple. Because Apple, I reckon, originally was a creative thing. Yes. If you had an Apple, it was a status symbol. And it's interesting how they've shifted, right? Because yeah. it was a status symbol that you were a creative, you were a designer, you were a musician you're a DJ, like, I don't know, whatever it was. But then, because I was always in marketing, but always had PCs and people like, how do you do your job on a PC? I'm like, because I'm not a designer. I'm a marketer. Like two very different. Yeah. And then Steve Jobs changed that. He said, I actually want everybody to to own an Apple. And so we need to make this mainstream and not exclusive to an industry. Yeah. And so that's when they changed the whole think different. And they went with this whole campaign that everybody can own an Apple as well. Yeah. So, and also, I don't know if you ever saw the IBM, and now we start making this whole conversation about Apple, but isn't it <laughs> interesting? Um, and there was there was an advert once, and they had they had the IBM guy who was dressed up in like this button up cardi, and he had his glasses, and he looked 
very nerdy. And then next next to him was the Apple guy. He was dressed in, in black. He was quite trendy. He was laid back. He was so cool. Yeah. And the two of them would have a conversation. And so the always the Apple guy just came out being so much cooler. And <laughs> it, it was just such a simple campaign that they did. But what it was doing was it was going, hang on, IBM it's old fashioned, it's nerdy, it's, and so you don't want one of those. Mm. You want to have the trendy Apple, you know, computer. Yeah. So the, the whole brand is permeated into the, the, the business, everything that they do from their adverts, their language, their tone, all of their products. I mean, Apple was the first one who actually brought out the concept of unboxing. No one had ever done unboxing before. Interesting. But when you get an Apple product, there is like a ritual in the unboxing of your phone. That's pretty true, actually. Although now it's a very sad ritual because they've taken so much out. Oh, I know. It's not (laughs) the same as what it used to be, right? No, I want my headphones. It used to be quite an experience. Yeah. And so they were the ones who really pioneered that as a concept. And now we see it all the time with online shopping and stuff like that, you now get your products and some of them are beautifully packaged up and it's an experience opening them. But prior to Apple doing it, it it was never a thing. And that's where we go to the heart of what branding is all about, the emotion that you start to evoke in people, the reputation you're building for your brand. So the logo piece is, is so, and this is coming from a graphic designer, is so unimportant. Yeah, I think okay. one of the things I will say is it is important to modernize your logo occasionally and, and go through that process because I know I have a lot of customers come to me and they've got the same logo that they've been using since the 80s, right? <laughs> and it's like, come on, guys, let's mod- let's just modernize it and keep it a little bit streamlined and simple because people go overboard with their logo. But yeah. I think like other great examples of the embodiment is like Rolex, right? Like I, I actually got into a really good conversation with with a gentleman I know, and he was he went on this deep dive of the because he loves branding, and he was like, "Beck, do you know the brand story behind Rolex?" And I'm like, "Tell me, talk to me about this." And he just knew so much about. There's like for some of their watches, there's a 20 year wait list. Oh yeah, yeah, and and they only bring out a certain amount of watches in a limited edition. Yeah. So. Once it's sold, it's sold. But yeah. they actually have a wait list for those watches in the first and you, place. And you can only sell them through special dealers. But then the interesting thing about Rolex is their average marketing spend, I think, is about it's over $60 million. So they're still marketing. They're still doing the placement stuff. But what they're managing to do is they put placement in the places where they want their brand to be seen. And, and you know, Rolex is very prestigious. So it's at the tennis. It's at you know, it's, it's at the golf, it's yeah. at the, the sailing, one. the racing, yeah. you know, it's it's where all those people who have a lot of money are. Yeah. So, yes, you're seeing the logo and it's imprinted in your mind, but it's about also who are they, their ambassadors, look at them. Yes. You know, they're picking like, I don't know, did they ever get James Bond or was it um Omega? Omega got James Bond. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Just, so, yeah. like, it, it is about that placement of of. Yes, there's the logo element to it, but it's where are you putting your logo that that is a status of what you stand for. Yeah, it's a reflection of your brand, mm. and it's you know it's it's making that connection as well. So when I say that the logo is not unimportant, I'm not saying it's unimportant because we're visual, like we're visual creatures, and as yeah. a graphic designer, that's my livelihood, right? However, what I'm saying is when it comes to branding, your logo is just a teeny little piece of the puzzle, but it's important because. We are visual creatures. So being able to have this 
visual connection to a brand, to be able to identify something very quickly and easy. You know, if you just see that tick, if you see this, they tick or swoosh, whatever you want to call it, you immediately think of Nike. Mm, Yeah. And you blew my mind the other week. You blew my mind when you were talking about the courier company. FedEx? Mm, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, FedEx even, like, because they're a hero brand personality and it's about getting the parcels delivered to um, the receiver come rain, hail or shine, that they are even subliminally sending this message to their customers in their logo. So their logo is insanely clever. And most (laughs) people are going to be listening to this going, what are you talking about? It's FedEx. Like it's just written FedEx. However, if you look at the logo FedEx and you look between the E and the X, you will see a white space. And it is in the shape of an arrow. Boom. And you can't <laughs> unsee it. No. Seen it. And this is the thing I think about when it comes to creating your logo. The, obviously, FedEx knew exactly what they were going to stand for before creating that logo. And I think going on that journey of rather, you know, oh, I love these colors or I, I want it to look like this, actually having the what does my logo stand for? Because as you said, we are visual creatures and subliminally we will pick up messages if they're put there for us. We don't even know that it's happening. Yes. So, and even like the other thing is like the color marketing and what colors stand for, right? So what, do you want to be power and prestige? Well, your color matters then. Do you want to, you know, there's a hot, that's a whole like color psychology is fascinating. And I've got a whole video on the psychology of color because I studied color for four years. So I, I, color is one of my passion points. Like I, I love the whole thing about color. It is important. This is why strategy is so important. You know, most people dive straight into the logo. They think, okay, I'm building a a, a business. I need to get my branding sorted. I'm going to get a a design done. Now, um, I usually, it's, it's kind of like going to build a house without a plan. Yeah. You would, you would never do that. You would never. I mean, you could, but it'd be interesting. (laughs) Oh, I mean, you might have a house that kind of stays up for a couple of years and then falls over or has a very interesting flow. Have you ever been through those houses and you're like, why have they put the bathroom like in the bedroom or something? The perfect example is Sydney versus Melbourne, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Cause like Sydney example. is not a planned city. It was like, oh, we'll just stick a new suburb there. Um, yes. and, and hope, hope for the best. Hope for the best. Yes. Don't worry about traffic or anything. Cause Sydney's not going to grow. We'll be sweet. Yeah. And then you look at Melbourne and it's like, this is a grid. I'm not going to get lost. It's, what? It's, it's very well formatted. They know exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. And so it's the same principle. You know, if you don't have a strategy for your brand, you're going to willy-nilly throw stuff out there and you're going to create this logo that, you know, maybe you've chosen the, the colors because they're your favorite colors, but they're completely wrong for your customer, for your brand, for your the, the personality that needs to relate to your brand. Yeah, like one of the reasons I chose my colour, I do love purple. Purple is definitely a personal favourite colour of mine. But one of the other reasons was in my industry, it's very opposite to what most people are used to seeing. So it was for me, it was strategic because I was like, well, I'm a very bold personality. I want my brand to be a bold personality. Most people in marketing are using really washed out, laid back, like calm colours. Yeah. But I'm like, no, we're bold, we're prestige. And purple is very 
Yeah, it's in that very program. regal. Yeah, regal. It, it's it has that connection to royalty, mm. so it has that sophistication level to it. I mean, I was just wow. putting out there, I'm a queen, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes. And you know what? Each tone changes the perception of a color as well. Yeah. So you know, you can you can really have a bit of fun with it and make sure that you're connecting to the right people and sending the right message about your your brand. Um, it's but- interesting, actually. I've had a lot of people say to me, oh, I love your color drew me in, yeah. which is a really fascinating thing to have said to you, right? Like from a marketing point of view, I'm like, oh, okay. So I think that, um, you know, w- when people think that their logo is their brand, there's so much more to it. It's having that strategy in place mm. to then be able to go, okay, this is what we're going to build. And this is, this is the vision. This is the personality that we want to bring to it. So once we know what the personality is, we know what our promise is that we're going to, to promise to our customers. We know how we want to make people feel. We can then start designing the logo with all those elements in place. Because for example, if you are, and if you haven't listened to the, the first podcast we did about brand personality, it's a good time to listen to that. But basically, if you are the caregiver, you are going to use colors and fonts that are loft, uh, very soft and gentle, mm-hmm. right? Because that's a caregiver. However, if you are the hero, you're going to use colors and fonts that are bold and dynamic, yeah. right? You would never use bold, dynamic colors and fonts for a caregiver. It just wouldn't relate. Likewise, you wouldn't use soft pastel colors for a hero. It's yeah, just so going to work. So understanding what that personality piece is first means that you have so much structure in place. And creating that strategy from the beginning means that when you're building that logo, you can do clever things like FedEx did yeah. because you have this very clear idea in mind as to how you want to, to move yeah. that brand forward. And I, I always say to people that are like, oh, but I, you know, I just want to get started or I don't have the budget or firstly, it doesn't have to be stupidly expensive. And secondly, how much do you, how serious are you about your business? Yes. And I think that's the point. Okay. Mm. So I have come across so many people where really I can see that they've been to 99 designs or they've gone to Vistaprint to get their, their free business cards. And it looks like it. Mm. Now they come to me and they want me to work with them. And I'm like, this is really a, a sticking point for me because what it's showing to me is you haven't invested in yourself. You haven't yeah. invested in your business. You don't take yourself seriously enough. So why should I? Why should I use your services? Now, I know that's probably some people going, oh, well, that's coming from elitist lofty area. But it does, if I'm going to spend my money with someone, I want to make sure that I'm going to be using someone who really is good at what they do, right? And it is a reflection on your brand. The other thing I'd like to just throw out there as an idea is that people will go out and spend money on a car. You know, whether it's 20, 30, 50, some people are $100,000 on a car. Now, from the moment you own that car, it devalues. Yeah. Not only does it devalue, but every single day it costs you money. You have to put petrol in that car for it to run. You have to insure the car. You have to service the car. So it's constantly, it's constantly costing you money. Let's flip that narrative and go your business. Your business is going to make you money every single day. Mm. So what what if you, now let this just blow your mind for a smidge. What <laughs> if you were to take that 20 grand or say you're going to spend 30 grand on a vehicle, right? And you go, okay, no, I'm only going to spend 15 on a vehicle and I'm going to actually put 15 towards my brand. Yeah. And I'm going to build that up. Because God, 15 grand goes a long way too with your brand. A long way. Like you can get a lot done 
for 15 grand. So you don't even need 15 grand. I'm just picking a number, you know, because nice, easy numbers for a designer here. Um, I'm the same marketer. (laughs) Yeah. So what I guess I'm trying to say is if you were to invest that money into your brand and get a rock solid foundation, great graphics done, amazing website, fantastic marketing and visuals and everything that relates to the whole storytelling element, right? And and marketing, so you can get the message out there. People are going to look at that. And I've had, this This has happened to a number of my clients. They've been asked, how long have you been around? And they're yeah. like, oh no, I'm just a startup. And people are like, really? That's insane. You look like you've been around for ages. It just feels like, you know, you've been around. Because the message is so clear and everything looks so well put together. Now that goes a hell of a long way for a business that is starting up and trying to to make a mark in their their marketplace. And also it shows that you are very serious about what you're about. And the second thing I think that's really important is you're not going to be looking to the left and right of you to your competition because you are so rock solid on what you stand for and why you're needed in that market. And I think that's the the reason that so many people get into comparisonitis or, you know, of course you need to know who your competition is, but the reason people get so bogged down in it and should I be doing this is because they don't, not backing themselves. If you invest real money, you are going to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I love to, I love to use the example because they're one of my favorite brands at the moment is who gives a crap. I love them. It's toilet paper. I mean, when you nut it down, it's toilet paper. You can go to Woolies and buy toilet paper any day of the week. Yeah, but it's what they stand for. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. And everything that they do, and it's the fact that it gets delivered to you in recycled boxing. It doesn't come with any plastic. It's got, you know, everything is wrapped in, and, and the, the the paper that it's the toilet rolls are wrapped in is colorful and bright, mm. but they also have quirky little stories on every paper roll so when you unwrap the paper roll you've got something to read when you're on the it's toilet so okay? and it's soft on your bum yeah and it's soft on your bum and and 50 of their profits go towards funding at sanitation services in third world countries so just through your purchasing as a consumer you have the power to change lives now i hope that they're going to get on board and sponsor this episode <laughs> will. wouldn't that be fantastic <laughs> No, I totally agree with you. And I think like they're the perfect example of they knew exactly what it was there and they knew the gap they were feeling too because yes. people these days, and it's the same with like Modi Body, right? Oh, yeah. Like I talk about Modi Body actually a lot on this podcast. They should sponsor it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, right? They, they saw a gap. Like there were, I think there was She Thinks before Modi Body maybe. I don't know. There was someone in the market that, that did like the period pre-fundies as well. Yeah. But I think, you know, you know why you're needed in the market and – build a brand for that and understand what you're going to, because like, yeah, who gives a crap and all of these other brands know exactly what it is people are looking for these days and they've honed into it and they've had fun with it. Yes. They've had a lot of fun with it. And really we should talk a lot more crap on this, this program and you might actually get them, you know, sponsoring it. But even their, even their, um, their blog is called talking crap. I know. I love that. It's just, I love it. You know, there's, it's just so much, they've infused so much fun into it and th- they are what we would call the entertainer brand mm. personality. And you can see that oozing out of everything that they do. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just there. It's, it's really cool. And yeah. um, that is more than just a logo, I guess. Mm. That's what, what we're trying to get to. The I bottom of to be honest, if you said to me, what does their logo look like? I know what it looks like. 
but I'm more I more know about like the fact that they're environmentally conscious. I know all of the other stuff they do rather than the actual logo. And I think that's the point, right? That's the point. Absolutely. That's the point. Thank you again, Debbie. This has been magical. It's been so good having you on the show again with all of this. I think you and I, we we can talk for hours. We do oh, have this problem. hours and hours. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I have this problem with everyone and I'm very well known for it too. But thank you so much for joining us. As always, I'll put all your details in the show notes so people can find you because I think it's really important that they do, especially if they're thinking of launching a brand or rebranding. I think Absolutely. it's yeah. you are the go-to. So thank you again. No, thank you, Beck. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure and I hope it's been helpful for people. Definitely. And I'm sure you'll be back again. I have no doubt. <laughs> I hope so.